This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Now on Joy 94.9, this is The Glow Show with your host, Victoria Police LGBTI Liaison Officer, Gabrielle Tayak, Joy's own Will Lanting, with a range of Victoria Police staff and Joy volunteers coming together to inform and support our diverse LGBTI communities. Here is The Glow Show on Joy. And yes, you are on The Glow Show, Joy 94.9. I'm Will, joined by Gabby, as usual, on Australia's number one police radio show. Will, how many times do I have to tell you we are the only no, no, LGBTI no. police radio Don't show? Get bogged down with these. I'll of, take it. I'll, yeah, take, I'll it. take it too. We could be the worst as well. <laughs> we could be. <laughs> the only one and the worst. Um, That's pretty hard. You've been playing with your social media a lot lately? Uh, yes. You have? I don't have it. I hate social media. Uh, well, I don't do too much. I, I usually look at other people's stuff. I don't post very much. No. The only no. thing I have is Twitter. It's because we're older. I know. We, we don't live on our social media like a lot of the younger people do. True. True. But you know what? What? It's funny you should mention oh, the again. social media thing. I'm good at this, aren't I? Because <laughs> our guest today is from Victoria Police Media Unit in the Crime Command, Nat Webster. Nat, welcome to The Glow Show. Thank you for having me. It's really cool because uh, I think talking to someone from the media unit is really going to be interesting, so we haven't put any pressure on you. None at you all. Didn't, you didn't need to sound interesting. <laughs> I'm hoping it'll be interesting. <laughs> but you're not, you're from part of the media unit. You're from the reactive side of media. Yeah, so we've we've got quite a large department with quite a few units. The media unit is only one unit within that department, and even that is split up into a couple of areas. So um, the team that I work with is reactive, so we're dealing with incidents and, and issues as they come up, investigations. Um, and then we've got some guys that do more sort of proactive work. So more of the um, community programs, publicising those, um, organisational operations, dealing with um, organisational issues like police numbers and things like that. But even within our department beyond that, we've got um, guys like the film and TV unit who put together Highway Patrol, for example. Um, we love that. Oh, we love But we love our own Highway Patrol. We do. We have. We actually have we a Highway do. Patrol series on the Glow Show. Oh, wow. Yeah. We do. We One love of it. our favourite Highway Patrol officers joins us almost once a month. They're good people, Highway yeah. Patrol officers. Excellent. No, we, have, we have fun with that one. Yeah, so it's um, it's a pretty diverse department, um, plus all our internal comms and things like that as well. Who does the actual Twitter account? Because they can be very funny. They can. Um, it is. <laughs> it used to be our reactive team sort of did it on the fly, and then over ah. the years, as, as social media has probably become more of an important method of us communicating. Um, we've got an online team now who um, takes control of it. So they're the guys who are responsible for all the great graphics, the little videos that we put on there. Um, I'd like to think that we come up with more of the funny headlines, but um, they could probably take credit for quite a few as well. Oh, you'll so. have to let us know when you're putting one up. Well, working at Crime Command, I deal with homicides, shootings, armed robberies. Not too so much Not too many giggles there. No. I don't get much chance to do funny headlines. Anymore, That's fair enough. <laughs> which is kind of understandable. I did see something on Twitter, on the Victorian Police. Uh, Twitter, because that's the only social media I've got. And uh, somebody wrote in 
took a photograph of a police vehicle in a bike lane or something yep. for that matter and and he he literally had a go at the police force saying oh you're exempt from all the laws and the response was was a copy of the yes we are exempt from the laws because, <laughs> you know we're doing our business and I just thought wow what a brilliant comeback I love that that comes up so often we've, we've actually got a list of sort of um, prescribed responses um, to things that do come up quite often so um, the Road Safety Act does get a fair run yes well okay. we're not parking in those spots because we just feel like it we're we're parking in areas that we mo- most vehicles shouldn't be parking in because we're usually responding to something fairly yeah. urgent mm. no look at that and that's that's interesting what was the other thing i was going to say um oh god i've had a memory blank there for a second <laughs> it was it was definitely in response to that oh but people reporting oh, yes. incidents and i think that's one of the big things that we really really need to talk about uh is people go I'll go to the Victoria Police Twitter page or Facebook page and report a bank robbery's in, you know, in in progress. Not the place to do it, clearly. No, absolutely not. And it, that obviously happens quite a lot, doesn't it? It does a little bit. We, I'm sort of conscious over time it's probably dropped off a little bit, which is mm. really positive. But I think lots of people want to help um, mm. and provide information. So they'll, they'll tweet us photos of um, cars driving badly or things like that. Um, the best place for any report of crime to go to is always triple zero in the first instance. It means that the best possible police response um, can be enacted. Following that, if you've got information about a crime, um, leaving a comment on one of our Facebook posts is great, but again, doesn't always ensure that it gets to the people who need to see it. So Crime Stoppers is really your best option um, for can that. Can that be also fraught with danger if that you if you leave information about a particular crime? Can that have implications when it comes to the court proceedings? I'm not so, so much sure of that, but I think more... Um, um, it kind of IDs who you are yeah. um, and that you have information about this. So depending on what it is, um, that may not be in the best in- interest of your own personal safety either. Mm. And it's amazing that people do do it. Yeah, they do. Um, they do quite a bit. Um, one thing that we find is now that we've got our iWatch pages set up across the state, which is sort of, um, I guess, little... Victoria Police Facebook pages for different localities. Um, I think there's about 40-odd of them. In country areas in particular, they work really well because you put um, CCTV photos or warrants up and you'll get all these comments on there like, oh, hey, remember we went to school with that guy? So you, you do get quite a bit of that, um, which is really interesting compared to, say, the one at Dandenong or at Frankston where, while that's still a community, it, it's probably not as um, much of a fishbowl for the people who live there. Mm. Now, uh, getting into the more serious side of things, when we had Bandura homicide, the Burke Street incident, so walk us through some of your roles and some of the challenges that you've had when these major uh, events happen. So I guess we're usually some of the first people to find out within the organisation about what's actually um, happening. There's a couple of ways we get information. We, we might get our triple zero operators alert us to an incident that's happened. Um, it might be media ringing up to say, hey, why are there six police cars down or I can't get through on Burke Street or something mm. like that. Um, or it might be other information that they've gleaned from elsewhere. So they'll, they'll send a call through to us um, and then we start that hunt for information about what's actually happening. Um, from there, we might look at, is there a need to communicate this immediately to the community for a particular reason, for a safety reason, for example? Um, is it something that a lot of people are going to want to know what's happening? Um, you take any of the Burke Street or, or the Flinders Street incident as an example. We have got information that we would send out straight away that says police are responding to an 
an incident at this location, more details to come. And it might have a sort of a caveat on there too that we're asking people to avoid the area. It sort of lets people know, even though it doesn't describe what the incident is or what's actually happening, we're aware that there is something there and we're present. Um, We will give you more information when you can. So I've I've seen those um, posts. They're really great. But do you find some people actually head towards the incident because they want to see what's going on? Yeah, totally. I mean, if you you look at the um, footage from some of the incidents we've had in the city, you know, it's great that people are filming it, but then you can also see how many people are really close mm. to this this active critical incident that's yeah, taking place. One re- uh, late last year, um, that was that was late last year, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, Time flies, don't that, I? <laughs> that you could see people right near where the the man with the the knife was, yeah. the offender, um, and they were filming it, and they weren't really concerned about their welfare or their safety, and I found that incredible. Yeah, I think um, people are really interested in what we do. Um, and that sort of works in our favour with what I do because we know that there's an audience for the information that we push out and people do want to know what's happening in their local community. Um, but obviously the downside of that is um, you've probably been to crime scenes too, Gabby, where th- there'll be people standing there for hours just wanting to know what's going on and what's happening. Um, always use the example in our in our media training um, that RBT, people watch 22 minutes of breath tests on TV. Yes. Um, there's not a police officer who would think that is interesting viewing but people are obsessed with it so <laughs> we um, know how long it actually takes yeah so they it's test um yeah it, it's lucky for us that we have people who are really really interested in what we do um but obviously we want people to always be putting their own safety first yeah interesting you find that social media is really evolving fast and do you have a problem with keeping up with changes in it yeah it, it is i mean i even the online media in terms of um, media websites, when I first started, I've been there for 12 years now, we might have taken one call a day from an online reporter. Um, now we would take one call every 10, 15 minutes. So um, there's that that need for media to be constantly providing content and the people that they rely on for content is is quite often us so um, rather than you know a journalist coming in in the morning this is what the story of the day is going to be I'm going to have all day to put it together they're pushed by their editors like you can write that story for tomorrow's paper but I'm going to need you to tweet this I'm going to need you to go to the crime scene take photos I'm going to need you to update you know every single second of the way what's actually happening and then that that obviously comes back to us because they're on the phone um, ringing us trying to find out what the next update is what's happening and things like that. It seems like everything's a lot more instant now and totally. it's, it's where it was say 20 years ago you would just have representatives from the major newspapers now you've got a flurry of people from individuals who want to be bloggers and media wannabes or, or just interested in certain events. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean you and look everything at, must turn over so quickly. Well you look at how much footage that is shown, I guess, in media um, that is just taken by some bystander on the street. You know, people want to be involved. They want to be able to send their piece of the the action, I guess, into mm-hmm. media and have it run. So, um, 
yeah, that that really has changed. There's there's some positives for it too. I mean, mm. um, again, when I started, Facebook wasn't really a huge thing for us. Um, whereas now we can actually live stream press conferences directly to people. We can put our own information out, and we've got I think it's about five hundred thousand followers on our Facebook page. So rather than just relying on people to um, watch whatever the TV news is that night and get that ten second grab of whatever an investigator has said, they can actually go back onto our Facebook. Page, watch the whole press conference from for themselves, and see the full, complete story of something, not just, I guess, one outlet's retelling. So of you it. have better control of the information that you want to get out there yeah. instead of being to the mercy of uh, the journalists themselves. Yeah. Um, and and a wider audience too. You know, not everyone's sitting at home these days watching the six o'clock news. You know, a lot of people on their phones scrolling through stuff through the day. So the ability to reach people in that way with information is really good. Excellent. Nat, um, when we return, I'd like to have a quick chat to you about uh, issuing um, video footage of incidents that are happening and some of the advantages or and maybe even disadvantages of that uh, after the break. So you're listening to Nat Webster from Crime Command Media Unit on uh, The Glow Show, Joy 94.9. You're listening to The Glow Show on Joy. Back soon. Your community is our business. Joy 94.9. Welcome back. This is The Glow Show on Joy. And you're back with The Glow Show with Will and Gabby. We are joined by Nat Webster from our Victoria Police Media Unit, the reactive side of that. We've been talking about social media and how things have changed and how um, it's used. I think um, we've, we've shown that... A lot of us are aware of social media as being a negative thing. You hear about all the bad things that's hap- that happen on there, people meeting people who sexually assault them or steal from them and, and all the um, trolling that goes on. But we, we, there's also a very positive side of social media and I think Victoria Police and other police agencies have found a way to use it to our advantage. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if you, if you look at um, the content that is on our own social media streams, it's not just crime after crime after crime. We really make a concerted effort to show what police are out there doing in the community. Um, there was a, a beautiful photo on, on our Facebook page the other day, which was a local inspector from the Melbourne PSA um, with a, an older lady who'd been on a Legos ad, I think, way back in the day. And a lot of the commentary on that was really positive. You know, it's just a beautiful, casual photo of him in the street um, with this older lady. Uh, and a lot of the commentary around that kind of stuff is, is really positive because they can see police... Um, what they're actually out there in the community doing. I love that. No, that's that's beautiful. And I've actually seen some of that as well. And I, one of the things that I do uh, did love seeing on the Vic Police social media was the Pride March everybody Yay. was involved in. So it was great letting everybody know that uh, the police is giving back and um, being a part of our community. And that was that was really, really special. Yeah, we often show a lot of the LGBTI events that we attend. So it's really great. Really, really good. One of my favourite things that I like seeing on social media is when police rescue animals. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's the end of me. Got the little kangaroo or the crying. joey or the <laughs> located puppy or something like yeah. that, returning it to an owner. I love those. Another thing I, I've noticed a lot in police social media, and it works very effectively, I think big hats off to you for that, is missing pe- persons mm. announcements. And you also respond very quickly that this person, thankfully, has been found. Yeah, mm. it's, um, big thing. it's definitely a good avenue for us. But, I mean, speaking about the positives with social media, even the warrant releases that we put out... Mm. Um, 
it's funny, they, they get some interesting comments on them for anyone who's ever seen them and, and sometimes the comments aren't always positive about the people who are wanted on warrants. But we did some research a couple of years ago and, and I think we had something like a 60% resolution rate um, by making that information public. So um, we've had people who are wanted on warrants that have called our office and said, I need you to take me off the Facebook page. <laughs> like, I can't take it. Uh, I'll come in. Who do I go and see? Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So it, it does it is successful. There are people who see, you know, stuff on that page that report through to Crime Stoppers or, or speak to their local police, um, and we get results out of it. That's fantastic. Now, one of the things that I have noticed, certainly in re- recent major events, is that there's been a plea for um, video or camera footage or whatever. Um, to be given to the police clearly for evidence or or whatever it may be. So this is clearly something that's evolved. Now, what's one of the best avenues of giving uh, information to? Would it just be to the local police Facebook page or do you have a, a triple zero or will they Crime Stoppers direct you to the best point? Definitely Crime Stoppers. Okay. Um, that way you can leave your details. They will know who the investigator is for that particular incident and be able to track them down and, and make sure that you're put in contact with them. Um, I mean, CCTV is a really interesting one because obviously when we have investigators that go to the scene of something like a homicide, they're going to have people out there doing door knocks on businesses, properties, um, places like that to see who's got footage and, and have they captured any footage of that incident. Um, there may have been cars that, that drove past um, around the time of the incident, so a lot more people have dash cam and things like that. Um, so it's making that appeal to people at different times to say, look, you might not have noticed anything, but if you were driving through this particular area at this time, um, you may have captured something on a dash cam if you have one. I did hear something recently about that. It was an yeah. incident somewhere, and they said, yeah, you may have driven through. Could you review? Yeah. Absolutely. So it, it's a, a really critical um, thing for us to have. Yeah, we always highlight on on this show that um, we, we often put those calls out and there'll be people who go, oh, yeah, I've got that, but they won't need my footage. Everyone who was in the area who might have footage or do have footage, just send it in. It doesn't matter whether there's something on it or not, or not let us determine that. Yeah, that's spot on. Um, and it's, it's interesting, I think, sometimes people do read about things and have information that's helpful, but they don't feel it's important enough mm. or, or they don't feel like it's a critical point. But the, I guess the thing that we always say is every little bit counts and your little bit might be the little bit that is the last piece that helps us solve Missing something. piece of the puzzle. Absolutely. We've been hearing that a lot lately, uh, especially with the Bandura homicide. There was just one small incident from a, a smart police officer that... Uh, Brought the that was the piece that yeah. brought a, a very quick resolve to the the incident. So, yeah, yeah certainly your social media footage or i or i uh, smartphone product footage can uh, contribute very well to a crime or an incident. So, so it goes both ways, doesn't mm. it? So it allows social media um, it allows us to speak to the community, but it it also lets the community speak back to us. Yeah, and it's that's a very important relationship. Yeah, I think so. And and look, it's funny. One of the things that often gets raised with us when we put information out is um, it might be about an incident that was, say, a month ago or six weeks ago and, and people will be um, leaving comments or asking, well, why has this taken so long to go out? But 
I guess there's there's a whole heap of things that happen behind the scenes of just them seeing that end product of, of footage being released, for example. So um, there can be a whole heap of um, different reasons for those kind of delays. It might be that the investigators had a suspect in mind for it, but they followed that up and it's fallen through, or, or it might be that they followed a number of other inquiries and, and sort of hit a dead end with it. Um, so, you know, putting stuff out straight away is not always the thing that's that's going to be most beneficial to an investigation. And, and that's something we need to weigh up really carefully. Could it do more damage um, or is it something that um, is going to be more helpful to have released? Because it could alert the offender. There's always that possibility too. Yeah, actually, that was going to be my next question. I really wanted to lead in on because... <laughs> same brain, Will. Same yeah, brain. Yeah, same brain. We, we talked about, um, you know, we certainly have information and, and, and to give it out there. But once again, you also need to be very careful about how you post information because it can, A, alert the vendor or may have problems in court and so on and so forth. So as we mentioned, Crime top crime Stoppers is the best way to, to get information to you and assess. Absolutely. Um, so what are some of the problems that you are seeing that the public are doing with you know, what's some of the don'ts that are and problems that it's been created by the public with the big police social media accounts apart from you know, alerting criminals that they, they have attention on them? I think most people are pretty good yep. um, on our page, but we, we do still get a level of negative commentary on there for different things, which is disappointing, um, but probably reflective of the community and, and attitudes towards a whole range of things. But um, we have seen a few things um, in different areas where, where people are, are creating Facebook groups um, on different issues in their community and, and putting information up. So a, a lot of times I think sometimes victims um, think that by publicising an incident that's happened to them, um, and, and we'll look at a burglary or something like that mm. as an example, they'll put something up on a, on a community Facebook page, um, provide a whole heap of detail. It might have their actual name on there. You know, you click through their Facebook profile, you can see where they live, which which is a little bit unsafe, I guess, because it alerts potential offenders to who they might be. Um, but also it, it kind of takes away the power for the investigators to decide is this going to help or hinder us by making this public at this point? So they've sort of lost that opportunity. And um, again, if somebody's telling telling all that information about the incident onto social media, um, it might be something that we actually wanted to hold back. We didn't want um, the public to know X, Y and Z because that's how we're going to try and get our offender. So things like that. But, um, you know, I I think that's often done, obviously, with the best of intentions. Mm -hmm. But um, I I guess I'd say to people, really be careful about what you put on there and and have a think or have have that discussion with um, the police officer who's investigating your incident before you do it. That's if they've actually reported it. Sometimes they put all this up and they don't actually tell the police. Yeah, so that does happen too. And, and you know, there's a lot of rumour and innuendo that goes on Facebook as well. I think, Gabby, everyone's seen the, um, oh, there was a white van driving past a school in my community. It, it, you know, it must be a sex offender. Then you find out, well, nobody's actually reported this. Um, no, and the white van's you know. a, a plumber. Yeah. Literally just going to number <laughs> 49. Or it could be a sex offender and no one's reported it. I guess it's a tough little scenario. It's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. And, um, you know, you can be clogged up with a lot of noise yeah. and chasing a lot of tails, which doesn't need to be chased. 
Yeah. Conversely, if you don't report things, then certain nasty people can get away with some nasty things or prolong you, them being captured. Use crime a, stoppers. Yeah. Oh, I can see the community pages being – I don't really want to put them down, but I can see them being a little bit problematic and causing a bit of noise and and also alerting offenders to them being noticed. I think that's that can be a bit of a tough challenge. Yeah, I think, you know, and as I said, best of intentions often for a lot of people because they want other, other people in their mm. communities to know. But I think that's part of why we've now got um, sites like the iWatch pages because we, we're hoping that that becomes a, a community hub in a way that they have information about what's happening locally. There's there's stuff that's posted on there that just doesn't come directly from the media and it comes from police who actually work out in those areas, have knowledge of what's going on locally and things like that. So I, I think those pages are really important for communities and, and getting information out about what police are doing, what investigations or incidents are happening in their area as well. I did mention um, that things have evolved very quickly. What do you see some of the challenges for the future are? Um, I think there's there's so much information out there for media straight away um, that it's really it's not often that we get to keep a secret I guess um, to be able to have an investigation that, that's run without a lot of um, I guess unnecessary background noise or, or scrutiny um, so that's sort of li- sort of limited but there's, there's also a little bit of a culture I think with media now that is get it first don't worry about getting it right um, so they will pick up stuff from um, from social media and things like that run with it then correct it down the track if it's if it's not the case but the reality is by that stage the damage might already be done um i mean you talk about the the homicide in bandura i'm not sure if you remember but um there was actually a police chase that happened at the same time that police were down at the crime scene investigating that that murder there was a police chase totally unrelated and, and it got confused. Yes. And mm. so suddenly all these people start tweeting, oh, my God, they've arrested the um, the murderer. And then you're like, what? No, that hasn't happened. And then you <laughs> work back and you're like, no, this was an unrelated police chase where the offender was arrested by people down there investigating that murder mm. because they happened to be, you know, Johnny on the spot. Um, but that's a good example of how, how quickly misinformation, you know, the phones light up after that. You do have a challenging job. Social media to me is fraught with dynamite. It is huge. And to throw in the complexities and challenges of a police force, hats off to you. You do great work. Nat, thank you for coming into the studio tonight. It's been a real pleasure having a chat to you. I don't know if I'll fire up my Facebook again, but uh, <laughs> Gabby, have to say well, one last key message. Yeah. When you're on social media, please be nice. Oh, yeah. Like, if you're going to say anything, say something nice. Yeah. Change a few of the attitudes you, on there. If you don't have something nice to say, then don't say it at all. It's a good old adage. You've been a good person, Gabby. You have a lovely week. We'll see you next see week. You next week. On The Glow Show on Join 94.9. That's it from us today. Thanks for listening to another Glow Show on Joy. Tonight's episode has just been loaded to the Joy website and our podcast feed on iTunes. So if you missed anything important, you can hear it again now. Please support the volunteers who make the Glow Show happen by subscribing to our podcast and sharing them with your friends on social media. The Glow Show is produced by Will Lansing and Gabrielle Tyak and edited weekly by me, Jason Gibbs. See you next time on Joy. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au.
Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.